today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Memories of 2007 on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, your source for all things Ducks, or one of your sources. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez. On day 48, 49, 50 maybe? I don't know. It's been a long, long time since I've been at the Ponda. Uh, Don't forget that you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And as you guys may or may not be aware, if you're in Southern California, our wonderful channel, Prime Ticket, is re-airing some classic Ducks games. All this week, they've been showing games from the 2007 Stanley Cup Final. Thursday, they are showing Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final. Why is that important? Well, that would be the game that the Ducks won it all. Yeah. The Ducks won their one and only Stanley Cup back in 2007 against the Ottawa Senators. And they're going to show Game 5. Although, if you have the free preview, or I guess the free channel from... NHL Center Ice, they showed that game earlier this week as well. So I've already seen games 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. They've all aired, at least for me and maybe a few select others here. But on Thursday night, and I guess Friday morning as well on repeat, they're going to show game 5. So I'll go over some more memories of those games right now because last I talked, I talked about game 2. I didn't talk about game 3, 4, or 5. Now, I do want to preface before talking about Game 3 briefly. I do have some memorabilia from that team. So I'm going to put out a tweet tonight, maybe after Game 5 airs. I'll put out a tweet and maybe give away something from that season. So keep an eye out for that. In the me- And I'll try to keep that contest going for like a week just to get as many people into the contest as possible. Um... I actually have a puck from that Game 3, and that was because I'm a big-time collector of not so much game-used stuff, but stuff that may have been, you know, for that series. Um, If I look to my left, maybe three feet to my left, I have an assortment of pucks from all over, and a lot of them are game-used pucks. Uh, One of my favorite pucks that I have is from the 2007 Stanley Cup Final. It is a Game 3 game puck from all the way back then. I have some other various pucks that are pretty cool. Uh, Some of them from minor leagues, some of them from the pros, but they all have some kind of significance. I even have a puck from what was then the last game at Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Obviously, they're back playing there now. Um, even though the Ducks lost that Game 3, I mean, that was the only puck game puck that was available was the Game 3 pucks. But I said, you know what? I, I want one of those pucks, like one of those official game pucks from any of those games. Game 3 was all they had. I said, you know what? Why not? So I picked one up and I actually have a little piece of hockey history, even though they lost that game. Uh, it was still a fun Game 3. I mean, Andy Mack got a power play goal again. I mean, Anaheim did get off to kind of a good start, but then Ottawa snuck in there at the end. Alfred sitting on a goal. I remembered that Volchenkov goal towards the third period, towards the end of the game. I'm like, well, we'll, we'll give him that one. Ottawa can have a game. 
that's fine. Whatever. The Ducks will come back in Game 4. And, of course, they came back in Game 4. That was a fun game to watch. Uh, that game played Wednesday night. That one... Okay. Hockey back then, or even playoff hockey, is a million times better than regular season hockey. That Game 4 was on another level. I know I've mentioned this name before. He he was one of my favorite players back then. Andy Mack came up big in the second period. He had two big goals in the second period about a minute apart from each other. And one of them was on a nice feed from one of the Niedermeyers, Rob Niedermeyer, I think it was, who got the pass out to him. And Andy Mack was one of those guys that found himself at the right place at the right time. Kind of One of them was kind of a chip-in goal where he just found it, and he had this look like, yeah, baby, it's another one. So, yeah, he had a great game there. Um, but that Dustin Penner goal, though, that one was a thing of beauty because going in from the defensive zone, Andy Mack picked up the puck kind of towards neutral ice, got it towards Tamu Solani, and you can see the finish flash kind of dash in on the right side, entering the zone. And Solani was streaking in, looking like he was going to shoot it from there. But he had a slick saucer pass right to Dustin Penner. And Penner right on the left side of the goal. It looked like he was pretty much all alone about five feet away from the goal. And pretty much just placed it in the net. And that was the game winning goal. And that gave the Ducks the 3-2 win in game four. So then game five would come back to the pond. Right when that goal was scored, you immediately thought, damn, this might be it. This might be the first Stanley Cup for Southern California or California in general because San Jose still has not won a cup despite having more banners than any California team. But that's neither here nor there. Anyway, I'm, I'm not bashing the Sharks much, I promise. Maybe. Maybe. Well, anyway. <laughs> so the Ducks got the Game 4 victory against Ottawa. Things are looking very good. The Ducks are flying high. Ottawa looked defeated after that game for loss. You could tell that they just had this look like, well, damn, we probably played our last game here. It turns out they did. They indeed play their last game in Ottawa on that game four. It, it wouldn't be coming back. But I just want to talk briefly more about that line. You know, Solani, Andy Mack, Kunitz was in there. Dustin Penner was on, on that line also. Dustin Penner is a fantastic player, gets a lot of praise. Tamu Solani, Hall of Famer, number retired, one of the top 100 players of all time. He deserves all the praise he gets. And I think that's why Andy McDonald has always been one of those guys that gets a little bit overlooked. Because when you're on a team that is stacked with talent, and I mean, they had a lot of talent. Chris Pronger was an alternate captain. You had the Niedermeyers that were the captains. Then you had Chris Kunitz there. You had Jiggy who had already won a Conn Smythe. You had Tamu there. So you had these terrific players. And then you cut he's not so much a role player, but you had kind of part part of the glue that holds it together in Andy McDonald. He was very vital to that Ducks team. And he'd be vital again on game five of the Stanley Cup final, which we will talk about after the first intermission. Stay locked in.
Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And wow, that game five of the 2007 Stanley Cup final, that was something else. Uh, Before I start about game five, I want to go back briefly to game four for a couple of reasons. One, the national anthem. Okay, fine. Why the hell am I talking about the national anthem? Well, Game 4's national anthem in Ottawa was sung by Alanis Morissette. And the crowd began to sing O Canada during the middle of it, and they were very loud and very proud. So that was one thing that was kind of getting the crowd going in Game 5. The other thing that was getting the crowd going was Daniel Alfredson. Here's why. He had a controversial, I guess, shot to Scott Niedermeyer in Game 4. Yeah, it, it was controversial. It was it was not good. So Duck fans, rightfully so, booed the ever-loving crap out of Daniel Alfredson. Did he deserve it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he did. It, was, it wasn't good. So yeah, I, I could see where the Ducks fans would want to boo him. And they did relentlessly. Every time he touched the puck in Game 5, he would get booed. I mean, it did nothing it did absolutely nothing I mean Alfred Sid did score twice in the game if anything the booing just spurred him on in the second period because the boos seemed to get louder and louder as the game went on but back to the star-spangled banner so game four Alanis Morissette big time Canadian superstar game five Marine Sergeant Juan Contreras began the national anthem the reason I say began is because he started off with this booming voice, started singing, Oh, say, can you see? And he started going. Then the crowd began to sing along, and it seemed to get louder and louder and louder. And finally, when it got to the part where it said, And the rocket's red glare, he went off the mic, had both arms up, telling the crowd, Sing it loud, sing it proud. And I remember this. And they actually showed this the other night on the um, Center Ice Feed. Where the whole crowd pretty much sung together in unison. And it gives you chills. And I know for at least one of my friends that was there and had told me about this. That was one of the most chilling moments in the Honda Center. But one of the chilling moments as far as tears of joy was having the entire crowd sing the American National Anthem in unison before it finally ended to a thunderous applause. Even before the game, the crowd was there. They were behind their ducks, and this was kind of a response to what happened in Game 4. So the crowd was keyed in. They were ready to go. Yeah, they'd all seen Game 4. They saw the dirty hit. They saw the crowd singing in Canada, Oh Canada, with Alanis Morissette. Yeah, the Ducks fans were going to do it better. They were going to do a better job than that. And arguably, I think they did. So we go into the game itself. And wow, who's that man that scores first? My boy, Andy Mack. McDonald would score on the power play first. He got things going. Then Rob Niedermeyer made it 2-0. That really got the crowd pumped up. But then, second period... The booing became more and more relentless towards Daniel Alfredson. He scored. Then Travis Mullen scored. It was 3-1 about towards the end of the second period. Then the Ducks went on a power play towards the end of the second. Then Daniel Alfredson 
he would score a shorty to make it 3-2. to two. But then about a few seconds after that goal, Francois Boschman came right back on the nice feed from McDonald and just put it away. I mean, he, he drilled it, put the puck in the net, made it 4-2 Anaheim. After the second period, you began to think, this is it. They've got a two-goal lead on these guys. It wasn't until about 16 minutes left on the clock, Mullen scored his second of the game. That made it 5-2. Then the crowd began, the crowd noise began to build and build as each moment ticked away. You had 10 minutes, 9 minutes, 8 minutes. The crowd noise seemed to get louder and louder. With about 5 minutes left, you could hear the crowd begin to go after that last TV timeout because it was a 5-2 lead at that point. This was it. This was the moment that the Ducks were going to win it. And then with about three, actually exactly three minutes left, Corey Perry scored the last goal of the 2007 Cup Finals. That made it 6-2. As soon as Corey Perry made that goal, that was the final nail on the coffin, and that was it. Three minutes left. You knew at that point. You didn't have any of the heart attacks with any of the previous games that went into overtime. No heart attacks here. No. None of this have to come back from behind in the third period to come back and win. None of these late goals, none of these one-goal lead where you have to have your D-men basically bail out your goaltender. Oh, I shouldn't say bail out. I mean, Jiggy was going to make those saves. But none of the stress of, you know, being one goal up and possibly tying it. No. No stress. This was a celebration. Everybody in the building knew what was going to happen in three minutes. They were going to win the Stanley Cup. Then it got down to two minutes. And then when you heard that announcement, one minute. Once you heard the one-minute announcement, that was it. That's when you knew. And the cheering just built and built and built. And then you could distinctly hear the crowd count down. They counted down. Five, four, three, two, one. That was it. The Anaheim Ducks are the 2007 Stanley Cup champions. And you got to give it up to a lot of those guys that just showed up throughout the entirety of that playoff series. And I got to start with the captains. I mean, the Con Smythe winner right there. Your captain for the Anaheim Ducks. He did a tremendous job. Scott Niedermeyer was great. Rob Niedermeyer was great. That entire team was just fantastic. One of the better built teams, I think, was that 2007 Anaheim Ducks team. And also one of the hungrier teams. Because this was a team that was built on guys that had not won it. They built it on partially the kid line. So a good mix of young and older players. And I mean, this was a fantastic mix of players. And, you know, it all starts with their captain, Scott Niedermeyer. Hall of Fame player. Number retired. He's won the cup four times in his career. Yeah, four. He was the only one back then that knew how to win. Now, Scott had already won three times with the New Jersey Devils. One of those was against the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim back in 2003. So Scott Niedermeyer already knew how to win. He brought that winning mentality to Anaheim, and that helped them to get to the cup. Then you have these other older guys that really rounded out the aging roster. Tamu Solani, 
He was 36. He finally, finally got his cup. Sean O'Donnell, he was 35 years old. He later went on to play for the LA Kings. I mean, just a slew of guys that are both old and young. I mean, that was a fantastically built team and one that very much deserved to win the Stanley Cup. Going more into some of the other guys on the team, uh, Scott Niedermeyer, as I said, was 33. His brother, Rob Niedermeyer, he was 32. Then he had Chris Pronger, who had come in that season. He was 32. Todd Marchant, he was 33, a little bit older. Andy Mack spent a lot of his time with the Mighty Ducks. He was approaching 30 at that point. Sammy Paulson was a little older. Jiggy was approaching 30. So good for those guys to get their cup. But then you have the young guys. Would you believe the two youngest guys on that team were Corey Perry and Ryan Getzloff, both 21 years old, both of them on the kid line? Yeah. Just just for a second, just imagine that. Corey Perry and Ryan Getzloff were the two youngest guys on that roster. The two youngest guys. And they went on to play for the Ducks for a number of seasons. Ryan Getzloff had his thousandth game with the Ducks just this past season. You had Drew Miller. You had Travis Mullen, who was young. Dustin Penner, another young guy. Ryan Carter. You had this great mix of young and old that really just gelled well together. And now I just want to talk more about the team, the actual team. And it really started at the top. Uh, The owners, the Samuelis, they got the team or they bought the team just a couple years prior to that in 2005. They were really the ones that held it together. And someone that I don't think goes too unnoticed, someone that I think should get a lot of credit, Brian Burke. A lot of players wanted to play for Berkey. And um, yesterday on Sirius XM Satellite Radio, which is some channels are free right now, which is great. uh, Some of the players from that 2007 team, they were interviewed um, on Sirius XM. And they did a great job um, getting some good players from that team. And just to go over who I heard, someone that I haven't talked about a lot, but someone who I loved as a Buffalo Sabre way back in the day, Brad May. Brad freaking May. Mayday. Mayday. He played all those years at the odd. He played for the Buffalo Sabres. He had his playoff moment where you could hear Rick Jenner say, Mayday! Mayday! Brad May! Yeah, that call. I Okay, I cannot do a Rick Jennerette voice. I cannot do it justice. But I definitely know the call. We all know the call. We've heard it several times on commercials before. Mayday. Mayday. But also on there, uh, Randy Carlyle talked for a little bit. Mayday talked for a while. Then after that, Jiggy, Sean O'Dial. Then they got Getsy on the radio for a few minutes there. And what Brad May said, you know, he'd come into that team in the middle of the season and he kind of found his spot on the team immediately. He was desperately hungry for a cup. He'd spent several seasons in Buffalo coming close, not getting to the mountaintop. And that was another one of those players that I loved having come to Southern California because he was, he was such a joy to play. So... Players players loved him. They loved Brad May. 
And he went to the Ducks on a trade right at the deadline, February 27, 2007, right at the deal. And he made, he played in 18 playoff games with the Ducks. That was his only Stanley Cup final. The first time he even made the final in his career was in 2007. And he made the most of it. He got some hard hits there. Great defensive play. Great job all around. It felt like he was that final piece. I mean, the Ducks were good without him. But with him, they were just that much more complete of a team. And gave that mental toughness and that veteran presence that Anaheim so much needed. So having Bradman on that team, I think, was a perfect fit for Anaheim. And he was perfect on that team, I thought. He was he was really a good part of that run. So got to give it up to Bradman, one of my favorite players. But he loved that team. When I heard Jiggy talk, Jiggy has nothing Nothing but fond memories of that 07 team. He even said that he teared up a little bit. You know, he was wearing his goalie mask, but he admitted on the radio that, yeah, he it was hard for him to not choke up a little bit thinking about it because he remembers how he felt when it was a few seconds left. There was this moment of, wow, this is actually going to happen because he remembers what happened in 03. Yes, he won the con Smythe, but he remembers the feeling that the players felt in 2003. Because keep in mind, there were only four players from that 03 team that was also on that 07 team. And Jiggy was one of those guys that remembered that. So it was all the emotions, the emotions of him remembering when they lost in 03. He remembers when they came close, when they were right there in 04 and 06, where they had fantastic teams, made the playoffs, but just fell a little bit short. So all of that emotion came back for him, and he just remembered that. Then Sean O'Donnell came on the radio. Um, He liked the veteran presence of those guys. He almost felt a sense of relief not having to be one of those guys right there. And even Ryan Getzloff, he said that was a massive learning experience playing with that team. And he didn't feel out of place during that cup final He said that, yeah, it was kind of weird being the young guy at the start of the season, but he just built more and more confidence. And Ryan Getzloff had a lot of good things to say about the Niedermeyers. A lot of great things in the sense that they taught him how to be a presence. They taught him how to be a leader. Getzloff was a leader on that kid line, moving up from the ranks, you know, moving up from fourth, third, second line. He was taught the importance of showing up every day and having that mentality so that's really what encompasses a good team is having those guys come together at the very end and that makes the 2007 ducks one of the better teams of recent memory and one that ducks fans will certainly never forget and one that i won't forget because i do want to share a couple more memories of that 07 season i mean yeah, I, I still like both SoCal teams. But I was following the Ducks run. That was fun for me. But I didn't talk about the parade or the rally at Honda Center. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> so the 2007 Cup celebration, it arrived at Honda Center. I probably still have pictures of that somewhere. I don't know exactly where they are, but I'll have to dig those up and put those up at some point. But I, I certainly remember the 07 celebration. 
okay, I got to find those pictures. They're somewhere. But I remember going to the pond. And you know who was at that 07 rally? Arnold Schwarzenegger was there. Yeah, they actually had celebrities at that 07 rally. And I remember kind of being in the middle of all of it. And it was a packed crowd at the Honda Center parking lot. It, it was just a great time. And I did buy some souvenirs from that playoff run. You know, that's where I got my Game 3 puck. And that's also where I got some pennants. So for those of you that are listening right now, I do want to give at least something away from that. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to give away a 2007 Stanley Cup Champions pennant. So what I'm going to do immediately after the game tonight is post up a tweet, a, a tweet, a, a tweet, <laughs> a tweet saying, I'm going to give this away. Just retweet, you know, share some memories of that 07 Stanley Cup final. And I, I do want to give it away. For If someone out there doesn't have an 07 banner, I'll give it away. Because why not? This is a time of giving. So it's time to have some good cheer amongst the Ducks fans. So be sure to check out the LO underscore Ducks Twitter and be on the lookout for that tweet later on tonight. And that's it for today's show. Thank you all for listening so much. And thank you all for joining me on this, I guess, path down memory lane of the 07 Mighty Ducks. Or sorry, the 07 Ducks. I still call them the Mighty Ducks sometimes. But that 07 Ducks team was special. So thanks for indulging me on that. And just a reminder that you can hear this podcast or any of the previous episodes via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to rate, comment, and subscribe if you have not already. Once again, later tonight, we're going to see Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final. And that'll be re-aired, I want to say, Friday morning or Friday afternoon. But yeah, be on the lookout for that. I have a feeling it's going to be the international feed. So hopefully they show that anthem at the start of it. I hope they do. And be sure to check us out on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. And the Ducks Twitter, or the Locked On Ducks Twitter, is at LO underscore Ducks. Follow that tonight. We'll be live tweeting the game. And also check out LO underscore Ducks after the game. Look out for those tweets for the contest. And also, be sure to tune in tomorrow to Locked on Ducks. Tomorrow is May Day. What does that have to do with tomorrow's episode? Yes, this does relate. I will just say one thing. Locked on Hockey Jeopardy is back tomorrow. And yes, May Day does come into play. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason. J.D. Hernandez saying, have a great rest of the day. Stay safe at home. Practice social distancing and stay safe, Anaheim.